delay your share. No, it's, I delayed it. Not you. <laughs> okay. Um, so try and pull the pieces together. Two weeks is too long. <laughs> um, we've been talking about Leman Yerbu Yemechem Vimei Venechem. Al Hadam Asher Nishba Hashem Avosechem Laseslam Kimeshemayim Al Haaretz. So last, the last time we spoke, I think... <laughs> What we were talking about was the idea of the heavens influencing the earth. Hashemayim al haaretz is uh, the way the world works. That the heaven bring heavens bring the abundance to the earth, and that the tzaddikim bring the bracha to the earth. That the those who live according to the spiritual world of the shemayim are also bringing to the earth <coughs> the blessing. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, I'm okay. I just wasn't expecting to get a frog. Um, we mentioned that Gemara speaks here that this is one of the places where the Torah is referring to Tchias HaMesim. Because <clears throat> it says here that your days and the days of your children will be on the land which Hashem promised to give to your forefathers and your forefathers themselves. Hashem has sworn to your forefathers to give them the land. That means they will come back and live in the land. Um, and that there's a whole discussion there about um, the importance of believing. This is a core belief that Tchias is taught in the Torah. And that even if you think it's true, but you don't think the Torah mentioned it, that that's still a kind of denial of the Torah. That the Torah teaches us that Tchias um, <clears throat> and bringing those together, there's one note here, which maybe I said, I know we, we spoke about in particular Abraham um, and the Avos, because the the promises to the Avos, and the Yalkut brought, and it's a Kavachomer, just as Shemaim Va'aretz were created for the covet of Yisrael, which was interesting. You say, well, why would it be the covenant of Yisrael? It should be the covenant of Hashem. But it's the covenant of Yisrael because we are going to be accepting the Torah and bringing the covenant of Hashem into the world through this. So, Kavachomer for the tzaddikim, the Shemaim and Aretz means, right, for tzaddikim for whom the world was created. And, um, we referred also to the Pasuk, Ela told us Hashemayim Ba'aretz, Behi Bar'am, Behi Bar'am is the letters of Abraham. That the world was created for Abraham. Why would the world be created only for Abraham? Because Abraham is the one who makes it worthwhile. Abraham's the one who recognizes that there's a personal relationship with Hashem, teaches it to his children, which is the establishment of a, uh, a nation and a family that can be relied upon to maintain that connection and therefore be able to accept the Torah and therefore be able to be a light unto the nations and bring the teachings of the covet of Hashem into the world. Sorry. Okay. So it's interesting looking back. I don't, I don't think I, we talked about this. Just a little bit more about Abraham. With Abraham, we also have a bunch of lemaans involved in his mission in life. So here you have lema'an. Lema'an means for the purpose of, right? For the sake of. Lema'an. All of this is in order that yirbu yumechem vimei So until now, we talked about it in terms of 
you should do the mitzvos and you should come back to Hashem from a state of gullus in order that you will be able to live in the land. And you'll, you'll merit it and you'll be able to come back to Hashem and live in Eretz Yisrael. But you can also understand this as saying, This is Hashem's purpose in all of this. Hashem, his whole purpose in setting this up with the schar, with the onesh, with, with the chesed that doesn't always feel like chesed to push us back to where we need to be in order that our days will be multiplied on the land and the days of our children, the land that he promised to our forefathers like the heavens on the earth because this is what he created the world for. He created the world in order that we should be able to live in Eretz Yisrael keeping the Torah as it needs to be kept with the guidance of leaders who can lead us according to the way of Hashem. And so this is, this is a Laman. And there are some reflections of that in Bereshis when Hashem is speaking about Avraham. So for example, <coughs> sorry, after the Akedah, Ki Adativ, Hashem says about Avraham, I know of him, I know him. I know him very intimately. Which is normally translated as, I know about him that he will command his children and his household after him, and keep the path of God, to do justice and righteousness. I think it's Esau Sherdi Barlov, in order that Hashem should bring upon Avraham that which he has spoken of him. But grammatically, it's a difficult sentence to understand according to that, the way I just said it, which is, I think, the usual kind of simple translation of that pasuk, but it's a very difficult, you can't really hear it that way. You have to understand, Lema'an always refers to a purpose or an objective, right? So, Kiyodativ, Hashem says, for I have known him intimately. Why have I known him intimately? In order. I have a relationship with Avraham, and I, I have that in order that he will command his children and his children's children after him to keep to the way of Hashem. Because Hashem created this world in order that there should be a people that will bring his shrina into the world. And all of that has a purpose. In order that Hashem should be able to fulfill for Avraham that which he told him. Because that's the end goal. So what's that end goal then? That he, what, what did he promise to Avraham that he will bring upon him? Right? It's that your children will be many like the stars and like the sand and they will live in this land and Hashem will give him this land for his children to live in. And your children will be a blessing and those who bless them will be blessed, and those who curse them will be cursed. They'll be the source of blessing, right? In other words, Laman yirbu yumechem vimevenechem al ha'adama asher nishba Hashem lavosechem in order that Hashem should fulfill. This is the Laman is over here in Vehayaim Shemoa, really. I, I, this is me saying it, but it's not any special stretch over here, right? It's, over there, it's Laman asher havi Hashem al Avraham asher diber alav. And over here, this is Asher Nishbashem Lavosechem, Lavoseislahem, right? Kimei Hashemaim al Haaretz. In the same way, this is the end goal, is that it should be that we're living in the land, Kimei Hashemaim al Haaretz, in the way that heavens live over the earth. That is the channel for blessing, that the heavens deliver Hashem's blessing to the earth, like the rain comes down from the sky and causes things to grow. 
like the Jewish people living in Eretz Yisrael, according to the way that Avraham instilled in us, and through this, bringing blessing to the whole world. This is Kimei Hashemayim al This is the fulfillment of what Hashem has promised to Avraham, which is the purpose of all of this relating and speaking. Okay. And in fact, it's fairly explicit. Uh, sorry, the first Pasuk that I read was not, was not after the Akedah. It's before the Akedah. Over here, that was, that was Vayera, that was Parakid Ches. But after the Akedah, Hashem says, Vayomer binishbati nuyum Hashem ki ya'an, because ya'an is like lima'an, but ya'an, uh, the trigger is prior. Lima'an, you're talking about a purpose that's afterward, meaning you're doing something now because of a goal afterward. Ya'an means the cause was before. Ya'an asher asisa sadavar hazeh, because you did this thing, you did the akeda, velo chasachta as bin and you did not hold back your son, your one and only son. Okay, you hear the echo there of the children, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will surely bless you. And I will increase your seed. Like the stars of the heavens and the sand on the beach. Good morning. And your children shall inherit the gates of their enemies, and through your children all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Because you listened to my voice. And again, you hear that echo back. It's following in the way of Avraham. Hashem says, this will happen because you listen to my voice. And this is the description of the end result that is described in V'hayayim Shamoah. If you listen to, the, to my voice, then you will be blessed and multiplied and in the land and delivering blessing to all of the nations. The Yalkut references in, in our Parsha, in Vahaya Im Shamoah, doing good? Hey. The Yalkut references that there's a parallel here. Kimeha Shamayim al Haaretz, like the heavens on the earth. Okay. Take a deep breath, mommy. The Yalkut draws a parallel. Kimeha Shamayim al Haaretz like the heavens and the earth, that this is a parallel also to the promise that your children will be like the stars in the heavens and the sand at the shore. That the stars in the heavens corresponds to the heavens and the sand corresponds to the land, to the earth. That Kimesh Ma'am is hinting back to Hashem's promise to Avraham that his children will be like in the heavens and like on the, on the shore. So this one, I have to see if I can reconstruct. I don't remember why I brought this. Oh, okay. So the Yalkut says on the words, it's like the days of the heavens on the earth. That's sort of the piece of this phrase that we haven't yet examined. Why should it be like the day? <laughs> why should it be like days? Which is, I think, more or less had gone right past me because 
number one, I'm used to the phrase. Mm-hmm. And number two, in English, it kind of sounds poetic. And so, yeah. <laughs> but why is it like the days of the heavens? So the Alka brings, the, the faces of tzaddikim will be like the day. In other words, that's uh, something, nowadays we'd say this, we're more in the, nowadays, nowadays we're more in the nights, right? But there will come a time when the faces of tzaddikim will shine like day. This is kimei hashamayim ala aretz, the days where heavens are over the earth then the spiritual side will show even more than the physical. This is a time when the faces of tzaddikim will shine like the day. For example, the Pasuk says, Ohavav, those who love Hashem, ketzeis Hashemesh begvurasel. They are like the sun coming out in its full strength. Right? This is shining like the day. Uh, the Beis HaMikdash also, I don't think he quotes it here, the Beis HaMikdash is described, the first one is, uh, the second one is shining like the sun because the sunlight would reflect against the gold paint, uh, the gold surfacing mm-hmm. and the white marble, and the temple would shine like a beacon. Um, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said there are seven different joys with which the faces of the tzaddikim will shine in the future, and they will reflect the shechina in this to Olam Haba which are, for example, the Ohavav Kitzes Hashemesh. Those who love Hashem will be like the sun shining in its full glory. Yafa Kalvanavara Kachama, beautiful as the moon, but brilliant as the sun. Those who are intelligent will shine like the Zohar of the Rakia, like the bril- with the brilliance of the firmaments. Um, like lightning, they shall be... Uh, ed- there's quite a long list, actually, of these. Um, okay, this now it's moved to something else. Okay. This one okay, so now I wanted to bring Rev Hirsch on this verse. Um, we kind of had to wait near the end because you always need a lot of background information to get maximum impact, <laughs> I think. For, at least I do. I think it's possible that other people can read Rav Hirsch and just take his phrases piece by piece and absorb them without knowing what's behind them, and that works for them. But I have trouble with that. So this is why I push Rav Hirsch to the end, because he sums it up best, not because, <laughs> not because it's the least. Okay, so here's what he says. So that your days and the days of your children, I'm going to read his translation, may be multiplied in the land which God swear Unto you. I've never seen that word. W, I wonder if it's a typo or if it's like some kind of archaic English word. S-W-A-R-E, past tense of, it's like swore, we would say, right? Vowed. Unto your forefathers to give them like the days of the heaven upon the earth. If one considers that by the addition of vimei v'nechem, in other words, Moshe speaking to the people, not in our davening, but in the chapter from which this section is taken in Parsha's Akev. In order that Yirbu Yemechem, your days will be multiplied, Vimei Venechem, and the days of your children. So if one considers that by the addition of Vimei Venechem, why didn't he just say Luman Yirbu Yemechem? So what has he added by saying the days of your children will be increased? The generation present before Moses was addressed 
or every person in it, at any rate, a passing generation. One cannot refer the words Kimea Shamaim Al-Haaretz to Yirbu and give them the attribute of unlimited duration. He's saying this, you remember we had a question about what is, what is the Kimeha Shamaim Al-Haaretz referring to? Is it referring to the length of your days or is it referring to God's oath to your forefathers to get the land? It wasn't, and there are different different grammatical reasons why you would point to one or the other. So he says, if it's referring to yemechem v'meivanechem, it's clearly referring to separated generations, any one of which is not permanent. One could indeed say leman yerbu yemechem v'meivanechem kimeyashemaymalarts, and take those addressed to be the everlasting nation as a whole. And equally so, Yirbu Yumei Venechem, and take that to be the descendants of that generation reaching down the ages, which I think is more or less how we took it, not referring to the generation of the desert and their immediate generation following period. We understood it to mean your days and then continuing through your descendants kind of into eternity. But he says, once you have yemechem v'yemevenechem, it makes it harder to do that. If you just said, l'man yerbu yemechem, we would understand that you're not forever and it's talking down, but by delineating specific generations, it makes it more difficult. So one is therefore led to assume that kimeha shamayim al ha'aretz is not the manner of the duration referring to yerbu, but the manner of the mode of existence He's saying it's not the duration, it's the type of existence. In other words, Kimei HaShamayim Al Haaretz doesn't mean the length of time you will live in the land will be equal to the length of time the heavens are over the earth, which is one way of understanding that verse. Instead, he says, Kimei HaShamayim Al Haaretz the length of your days, the, the length and the blessing of your days in the land will be qualitatively like the days of the heavens over the earth. There is something about your time living in Eretz Yisrael that will be like the days of the heavens over the earth. It's a qualitative, or what he calls a mode of existence, not a duration of existence. You can, you can see why he's saying this, right? Doesn't mean it couldn't be said a different way, but this is why he's saying it. Lema'an, so that yemechem al your days living upon the land, should be like yemei shamayim al ha'aretz. The purpose of all of this, which we have said in v'hayayim shamoa, is that your days living on this land, on the holy land, which God promised your forefathers, should be like the days of the heavens on the earth. And moreover, your boo, they should be multiplied and made many. They should endure for a long time to be that way. So it is a blessing of duration, but that's indicated by your boo. Your boo, you may have. The days should be very many. But the Kimea Shemaim Allah is what they should be like. It's a cuff saying it should be like that. Just as the days of the earth are really the days of the heavens, inasmuch as the whole development of the earth is dependent on the effects of that which comes from the skies, 
In the same way, the days of the blossoming of your land are really your days. They're yemechem. Your days on the land of Israel will be comparable to heavens over earth. So now you have to visualize in your mind, you have a parallel. You have heaven on top and earth on the bottom. And you have your days on top and the land of Israel on the bottom. This is the parallel. Well, we know that the Jews. The land only flourishes when the Jews are there. He takes it, of course, a little bit farther. No, no, I know. Right? It's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Even, on a, even on a simple level. Yeah. yeah. No, but he, uh, what I'm saying is he, he doesn't take, he, he's saying what you're saying, but he, he pushes it another step of obligation. So just as the days of the earth are really the days of the heavens, the whole development of the earth depends on the effects which come from the skies. This is something we've been talking about, Shemayim, delivering to land. In the same way, the days of the blossoming of your land are really your days. They're dependent on your moral blossoming. The, the, the Eretz Yisrael relies for its sustenance, just like the earth relies on the heavens to deliver Hashem's bracha, the land of Israel relies on our days, how we spend our days, what's filling our days. Like we know that the days of Avraham were such and such, right? That teaches us that his days were full. They were fully utilized, which is indeed what this whole paragraph of the Haya brings to your mind. Your relationship to your land is that of the sky to the earth. And if you comply with God's Torah, this blessing-forming influence on your land will endure. And your days will be apparent in the days of your land for long periods. And how can you tell if your days are really your days, the way they should be? You'll see it in the way the land develops. In the same way that if the heavens are what the heavens need to be, then the land below them develops, it's dependent. And it will be that way for long periods, even as the sky days materialize on the earth. This way of taking it would also be the underlying meaning of what the Sifri says. Oh, good. <laughs> what does it mean, that the faces of tzadikim will be like daylight, like shining like the day. The king who Omer ve'ohavav ketzeis Hashemesh begvuraso, and that's why the verse says, ve'ohavav ketzeis Hashemesh begvuraso. Those who love Hashem will be like the sun coming out in full strength. And then it has in parentheses refer to it, which I assume was it's very rare to see any typo in it. But I assume that he's not telling us go look over there. But it was actually an editor's note to put in the reference, which is not here. It's most fortunate that I saw the Alcud because <laughs> I wouldn't have any clue. And this could also be what was meant to be made clear in Menachos Lamad Aleph Amad Beis for the instruction giving for writing the mezuzah. Al Haaretz, Bashita Achron. I don't know this. I didn't read this piece with the mezuzah. Oh, yes. He, sorry. He has a whole piece elsewhere on mezuzah about the definition of. We talked about this when we talked about mezuzah in Ve'ohavta. How high does your airspace go from a house? How far does the influence reach? Right, the kedusha that we generate in our home. How how high will that reach? So the position above, or the distance of the sky away from the earth, is given as a comparison for the position in which the words al haaretz should be understood. When you understand something is over the earth, so you have to. One of the gauges of that is how far is the sky from the earth. 
and refer to our position above the earth, participating in fixing the material condition of our land. How far we extend with our influence of our mitzvahs and the kadusha we bring, this has to do with, the, this will affect, will fix, will um, set the material condition of our land as long as we keep ourselves aloft in the heights of spiritual and moral calling. Which is, one way of saying that is, if your head is in heaven, then the earth will flourish. Right? If that's where your aspirations are, if that's where your sights are, if that's where you're living, even in this world to some extent, that also causes you to be able to live in this world. Now this is an amazing kliyakar. I copied and pasted it from an online source just so I would have it here, but I forgot what it is. So we have a passage in the Gemara and Brachos. Amrle Rabbi Yochanan Larav, I think. Yes. Oh, I see, I put little Nikuds in there. Rabbi Yochanan, another good reason to use this one, said to Rav, Ikasavi Vivavel. Oh, okay. So he says, In order that your days will be many and the days of your children will be many on the earth, and he said, aren't there old people in Pavel? Meaning, you're going to say you'll only have many days if you're in Eretz Yisrael and not if you're not? Aren't there any old grandfathers in Pavel? Presumably. Presumably, mm -hmm. right? Certainly he's asking this in a wondering sort of tone. It says Tama. As a, as a nation? Or as a uh, yeah, I mean, we understood this. That what it means is... The nation, uh, the generations will live many days, like sort of many generations. Not Dafka, that people will have longer lifetimes, right. and that the longer lifetimes would somehow depend on living in Eretz Yisrael. He says, I mean, do we see that people, basically he's saying, do people live longer in Israel than in Bavel? Not that I noticed. That's what he's saying. Okay. Because after all, the Pasuk says, I mean, it kind of sounds like, yeah, but in Chutz it won't be like that. You won't have long, long lives. And we don't see that that's necessarily the case. Mordechai lived Oh, Mordechai came from Eretz Yisrael, and he maybe, maybe even ended up in Eretz Yisrael. Difficult to say afterward. It's a little tricky, because you wouldn't think Ahasuerus would let him go. But, okay. So, they answered... Like the legacy, like the mitzvah, whatever we, we plant in this world, more than our physical days, right? Yeah, but it does seem to be referring to our physical days, being dependent on the spirituality of them. So, but but yes, I mean that this is I mean this is a very Gemara kind of question, right? To sort of ask something that's almost it's not quite ridiculous, but it it seems like you're pushing it to a very you know, like no, we didn't think that, but right. but it kind of sounds like, but in Israel, not so, not that way. Okay, so now from this, he's going to then learn something else. Right, there's something we learn from the fact that, no, of course it isn't that way. You push it to the edge, you see that there's something, or that you missed a point, and it really is that way, but you didn't get what it was really telling you. Okay. So they said, No, it's also true that people live long lives, whatever is. That over here he's kind of saying, well, like long lives. Also, outside of Israel. But that's because they go morning and night to the Beit Knesset, to the shul. 
<coughs> okay. So that, we're going to keep going. Don't worry. I'm not just going to stop there because that would be like, okay, whatever. Right? Like there's also probably old people who didn't maybe go anywhere. So what is this idea that going in the morning and the night to shul, which you hear, kumecha, right? Okay. And you might remember from the davening, right, when we bring the Mishnah, this is one of the things that uh, you get rewarded for in the next world, but there are fruits that are even in this world, which is hashkamas beisamedra shachris va'arvin, getting up to go to the base medrash to learn Torah morning and night. This is also a similar idea, especially because we're talking about the context of Shema, which is learning Torah, but it's part of davening. Okay. The kasha. So it's a little bit like you have a question on this terutz, on this answer. It doesn't seem like the answer resolved anything about the question. Like it's very nice that there's a merit that they go to show morning and night, but it doesn't seem like you really cause the question to sit down, so to speak. It's still standing there and saying, waiting for an answer. Right. Where he learn to say Like why would you connect? The the pasuk over here didn't seem to require that you have to go to show morning and night in order for this promise to be fulfilled. Like, where, where is he bringing a connection here? And how did that answer the question? He says, perhaps we can explain it in this way, according to what the Chachamim have taught us, which is in a Gemara and Megillah, which you probably have heard, but maybe not. It depends. Kids tend to hear this. That in the future, the synagogues and Bate Medrash in Chutz La'aretz will be reestablished in Israel. Usually this is described as they will fly to Israel. Okay. So, you made a puzzled face. You hadn't heard that part? No. No. Oh. Well, when I was a kid, there was like a story in Olamenu. You know Olamenu? It's like a kid's magazine, sort of art scroll kind of for children. (laughs) And they had a whole story. You know, the kids are, they're da- you're davening in shul, or you're in the base medrash, and all of a sudden they hear the shofar blow, and Mashiach there, and the buildings take flight, and fly, you know. Right, this is based on this Gemara and Megillah. Okay, over here he says, Shiyikbu, they'll be established. <laughs> it's Israel. The Im came. Now this is so, by the way, this comes out in other areas in Halacha. I can't remember where I've seen it, but I have seen this idea before about the quality of the ground or the floor of a shul or a base medrash. Think of it as an embassy. Okay, so if you're in another country and you run into the embassy, you are now officially on the turf of that country who owns the embassy, not the country who actually you're in their borders. Right. Okay, a shul or a base medrash essentially is an embassy of the land of Israel. Mm-hmm. To the extent that when Mashiach comes, sometime in the future, all Batei Knesios and Batei Medrash will be reestablished. They will be moved to the land of Israel. 
And if so, I'll tell you one area that comes up in halacha. There's a concept that Hashem's space, now that the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, Hashem's space is in the Dalat Amos of halacha, the four L's of halacha. That when you are surrounded in a space of halacha and living halacha and learning halacha, you create an Eretz Yisrael space around you. You create a, this is a, the space. So it make you understand how this corresponds. You can create that in a in a shul, in a base class, in a in a base medrash. So if so, then the land of every shul in Chutz Laaretz can be considered the land of Eretz Yisrael. Shahar, I don't think this has implications for my or anything like that. Shahar, <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite astonishing. Actually, that would be a very interesting question. Shahari Laasid, oh no, it's not, so seri- it's not so serious because places that are going to be part of Eretz Yisrael may not have now the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't mean that in the past they didn't. It doesn't mean in the future they wouldn't. The, the map of Israel in the, under the first Beis HaMikdash, which changed quite a bit during that time, but let's say at its maximum, uh, is not identical to the map of the land of Israel under the, in the second Beis HaMikdash. What happened in the second Beis HaMikdash, that remains permanent. So the Kedusha of whatever was Eretz Yisrael then is what we still observe now for all mitzvahs that, that are dependent on Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Even if there, there could be a piece that was Kadosh, on, let's say in the time of Shlomo, but then it was lost later on, we wouldn't hold by it then. But in the future, all of that might be part of Eretz Yisrael and have Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, and it's possible that that would also apply to the public and Eretz about the Eretz Okay, which might be why you don't have to, like if you grow something, I'm not sure. Okay. So do they mean active? Well, I mean, it, a shul might become inactive after time, but I don't see why it would lose what it was. I've seen so many. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure that it would lose what it what it has. I'm not sure you can. You say malim bekodesh. You know, you can't usually bring things back down mm-hmm. from what they were. You know, people might treat them down, but they don't necessarily mm-hmm. lose what they became. <clears throat> so zohi hadamashal eretz Israel. This is the land of Israel, uh, not the not the state of Israel. Haadama. This is the earth. This ground is Israel ground, Eretz Israel ground. Shahari la'asid, because in the future, yikva Hashem, Hashem will determine or establish habat knesios, the shuls, habinyan vehakarka, the the building and the land it stands upon. Hashem will replant in Israel. I would imagine that does not come into the category of a base Knesset or a base Metro. We forgot about Alaha somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm saying I don't think the, uh, that a building like that would become ever a base Knesset or a base Metro. And that, and with that, with the use that it gets. That would be nice. Although we wouldn't want to be perfectly committed. Base Metro, you don't, you don't necessarily want to be perfectly committed to actually being a shul because there's all kinds of halachas about a shul. <laughs> No, seriously, if you go into a shul, you're not supposed to use a shul for your personal benefit. So um, if you're in Israel, let's say you're in the old city and it starts to rain or something like that, or you're very cold, you don't step into a shul to warm up or get out of the rain. That's not covered to the shul. It's not covered to Hashem. Or step into a shul to admire its architectural qualities or to discuss the history of the shul. That's still your benefit. A shul has a purpose and ha- of how you use it. 
So you should always learn a little piece of Torah, even if it's a short one, mm -hmm. or say some kind of davening, even if it's a small parak of Tehillim. So if you have a knowledgeable tour guide who is taking you into different shuls, they will not leave the shul without saying something about that because that's not an appropriate... You know, you're using the shul now. You're not mm -hmm. just using it for the purpose it was meant for. Okay, which uh, would be another... Another point to the disfavor of perhaps the way that certain buildings are used. Um, El Eretz Okay, so the Karka, the Binyan Vah Karka Mikol Vakol El Eretz from each one of them to Eretz Yisrael. Vimkain Vadeha Adamahahi Admas Kodeshi. If so, then certainly this land is, is holy ground. Vechelak Min Admas Eretz Yisrael, and a portion of the ground of Eretz Yisrael. Vehamashkim Vehamariv. So one who gets up early and one who goes late, meaning one who goes in the morning and night, the whole yom, every day, Labate Knesios, to shuls, Tome Ki'ilu, the whole yom, who omed al ha'adama asher nishba Hashem la'avosam. It's as if every single day he is comparable to someone who is standing upon the land which God has sworn to your forefathers. Getting up every day and every night to go to shul, or go to the base medrash, it's as if morning and night you are standing upon the ground that Hashem has promised to your forefathers. The physical ground and the spiritual ground. You can see how they're, they kind of become one and the same. And through this, you... Uh, you see how this answers the question, are there no old people in Bavel? point is not really how long they live, but it's why is it al ha'adama sharnishba, the land that God has sworn to your forefathers, then you'll have an increase of your days there because you're on it. Well, what happens if you're not in Eretz Yisrael? Mm -hmm. And it's not your fault you're not in Eretz Yisrael. So does this not refer to you? And the answer is, going morning and night to a shul or a base medrash puts you there. It puts you on the land. Now, this is incredible, and it fits in with all these ideas that we were talking about of Shemayim al Haaretz, and that your days on this earth will be as meaningful and as productive as your days in heaven. That they can be that way if you live according to the Vahayaim Shemoha, right? This idea that your life in this world will take on the satisfaction and beauty of the spiritual life you're, li you're living. Okay, hold on. Lachem lolamar elolahem. And it said to them. It doesn't only say to them. Remember, that's the source of Tchiyas HaMesim from the Torah. Hashem promised to them to give them the land. The land you're standing on is the land God promised to your forefathers. Piresh Rashi, mikan l'tchiyas HaMesim in HaTorah. Umayin yan What does that have to do with this? You know, it's one thing to say, ah, you see, it's a hint to Tchiyas HaMesim. But the Torah can make its hints wherever it wants to. It obviously has to have a connection to what we're talking about. What's the connection? So the connection is, Lefisha bizman hahu, davka yelchu Yisrael. He's saying this is, there's sort of a missing link that we didn't understand in what Rabbi Yochanan was saying when he said, and what's going to be with the one, people in Bavel? Well, they go morning and night to shore. 
And this, this verse that he's talking about is the verse that is the hint to Tchias HaMesim in the Torah. So now you start to see, oh, in other words, this verse is talking about Asid Lavo, the future that's coming. That's what this Pasuk is talking about. So now that I realize that this is what the Torah is hinting to, this Pasuk, as Rashi says, is talking about Tchias HaMesim, this time, well, this is also the time when the Bate Knesios and Chutz Laaretz will be reestablished in the land of Israel. V'yacholios, it's possible. Shizemusa v'atchilas ha-parsha she'amra u'la'avdo b'cholavavchem zotfila kepireish Rashi. He says, perhaps all of this then uh, devolves or, or is a result of how this whole Parsha began. If we're on the end of the Parsha, we should be hooking back up to the beginning of it, right? What was the beginning of it? Vahaya, it shall be. Something happy will be. Remember, Vahaya means happiness coming. If you will listen to the mitzvahs which I command you today, to love Hashem your God, and serve Him with all your heart, which means to Davin, Rashi says. Mm-hmm. Then, Okay, so right there, you see that actually all of this was a link that began with listening to the mitzvahs and tefillah. So he says, perhaps this really all goes back at its root to the beginning of the parsha. As Rashi has explained, it's in the plural, all of your hearts, if you will serve him with all your hearts, and that's talking about davening. In other words, davening in a group. Over there, here we have a speci- it's specifically a reference to the davening when a lot of people are doing the davening together, not just a single person. And this testifies, no, sorry, Yeah Haschar, this is the, the destination, the purpose of the reward. Liman yirbu al ha'adama. If you gather together to daven in a group, in a minion, together, sorry, I'm so right then what's the reward your days and your days of your children will be multiplied on the land in which you gather together to daven to Hashem and serve him it's a logical and fitting it's sechar in the purest sense of the word where sechar is not the reward for doing the mitzvah Schar is the repayment for the effort that went into doing the mitzvah. Schar is where you had to put something out, effort or time or money, and Hashem uh, repays that expenditure into your account. Right? That's a pure, right? So you'll have more time to do that. And the fact that it, it, it suspends, meaning it... Um, causes to depend. This whole thing depends specifically on getting up early and staying up at night when it's dark. Right? The getting up early and going late to shul. 
it seems explained very clearly in another place where he explained it, but this ties into the message of the Shema. This message of Shema, of Bishach Lecha Uvkumecha, of all day, right? Uh, you should teach your children to speak about it when you get up and when you lie down and when you're in the road and when you're coming home all the time. So you anchor your day in the morning and anchor your day at night. You've now created your whole day is cycling around the Avodah Hashem and particularly the tefillah and especially if it's tefillah with the group. And then it concludes into Leman Yirbu Yimechem Vimevenechem. And now if you read what that Gemara and Brachos said, that Rabbi Yochanan said, are there no old people in Babel? He was wondering. He said it in a wondering tone. The Pasuk says, in order that your days and the days of your children will be increased. It sounds like a nod in Chutz Aretz. And the answer provided is no, because they get up early and they go, they come early and late to the shul. And it's, it's a completely different, which, which on its own just seemed like a very strange sort of comment. But now you realize, no, what Rabbi Yochanan is doing is filling in the piece you need to make sense of all the different parts of Shema in Baha'i Shema. Pull that together. Okay, really that would be the, the most powerful place to end, but I have one or two other points, so we'll do them now, and then hopefully next week <laughs> we'll start the third paragraph of Shema. I feel like we should make a seum right here, but maybe we'll wait till the end of Shema. Let me see on Shabbos. Yeah, okay. So this is from the Gra, and you will see that this connects with what the Klayakar just said. That's why it's afterward, even though... Okay. In order that your day should be increased, and then he quotes, Rabbi Yochanan says, and are there no old people in Bavel? And he's wondering because it says this, and no, the answer is they get up early, and they, they go early and late to the Bate Knesset. And, okay. The he says, just looking at that Rabbi Yochanan, you don't see how it addresses the problem of on the land, which is what he was trying to address. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to be picky about it afterward, but that was really the point. We can understand based on what it says in Masechus Megillah. Tanya Rabbi Eliezer HaKafar Omer, Rabbi Eliezer HaKafar said, Asidim Oh, this, okay. So this is actually a source of that. Sorry, I'll move on to the core for next time. <laughs> we already spent time on it. I thought there was this, I think there is actually a second piece on it, but we'll see if it builds here. Okay. This is, one second. Ah, this is the Baruch She'amar. I don't think this is the one. Okay. This idea we really also said before, which was that the he brings a grammatical proof that Kimei HaShamayim Al Haaretz is really talking about eternally. Meaning once the heavens and earth are established, so they will last eternally. And once the Jewish people is promised the land, then this promise is eternal and it doesn't go away. In the same way that the heavens are on the earth. There's one last thing I did want to do before we close up, which is to look back. I think an art scroll sitter. Would be good for this. I'll do the right one. 
just because, especially with the Haya in Kanoa, there are a lot of details. So it's helpful that we have a kind of closing on it. But I particularly wanted to look, I'm, the art school help is good with this. <coughs> Remembering what it is you're supposed to focus on <laughs> for each paragraph of Shema. So that was kind of like my, my last note <laughs> was, at least for me, I felt like it was time to just remind myself of that. So here. But also it's interesting because it means that you can really sum up. Okay, so here's what they remind you. When you're going to say the first Pasuk of Shema and Baruch Shem, it says, recite the first verse aloud with the right hand covering the eyes. Okay, that's functional. And concentrate intensely upon accepting God's absolute sovereignty. Now, that's just a few words, and it's vague unless you spend time on it, but we did spend time on it, right? So summing up and remembering what is the main thing we're supposed to remember. So we talked about a lot of things like Hashem Elokeinu Hashem, Right, and what the name of God means, and the Yud Kevavke, and he was, he is, he always will be, and Kel Melech Neman also reminds us he was, he is, he always will be, and Echad, which is one, and then eight, and then four, and this passage of Hashem's Brachan influence to us that everything is really from him, not from anywhere else, even if it comes through various stages to reach to us, accepting God's absolute sovereignty. He is the source of all, and he is really what our focus should be all, only on serving him. While reciting the first paragraph, the Ohavta, concentrate on accepting the commandment to love God. And we definitely spend time also talking about what that, what that means and what that looks like and maybe what that feels like and then how that is implemented in the different mitzvahs that are described also in the Ohavta. So... The beginning of Shema, Kel Melchanan Shema Baruch Shem. The focus is Kabbalah Malchus accepting God as the Sovereign, as the King, as the Source of all, and also the Decreer of all. And that leads us to, in the first paragraph, loving Hashem and fully as as fully as possible in that paragraph, taking on the love. If we have to focus on one thing, it's love, which is the word Ve'ahavta. And if we have to focus on one thing in Shema, it's Shema, listen. Accepting that you listen to God. That that's where it's coming from. That. So the first word is a good, always the best cue if you can pull it off. Okay. While reciting the second paragraph, concentrate on accepting all the commandments and the concept of reward and punishment. I accept the mitzvos and I accept, not just even believe it's true, but willingly accept that there is reward and punishment in the world. There's a difference, because it could be true and you could resent it, right? Not so unusual. Even if you believe there's consequences to your actions, you might not want them. Being able to accept that as part of, that that's a good thing. That's a good thing for, for us. That's also described in Shema, right? That we may be kicked off the land and there may be a consequence, and yet within that is the root of our return, to a better place, not just of living, but who we are becomes something better. This is, is really the last step before going in. Yeah. It will be not only accepting the Torah, but to assure that the Torah... Yeah, that this is a gift, and that we accept the gift of reward and punishment as well. 
we understand that it functions that way, and we accept that. We're half, that's not bad. That's Vahaya. And its purpose is Lamanir Buyumecha. This is this is good. This is how it works, and we accept. So we can see how in the very first word of Vihaya, this is this is the, the direction to happiness, right? That's the sign pointer to happiness. That helps remind us to be accepting it, wanting it, bringing it on, and ending with Lamanir Buyumechem that this is what our focus is, Shamay Malha'aretz, heaven over earth, that I accept upon myself to do the mitzvahs, and I want to do the mitzvahs, and I know that when I do them, there is reward for mitzvahs, and when I betray them, then there is punishment for that, and the purpose of that is in order that I should be able to live a spiritual and fulfilling life in this world and the next. Yes, it starts with the goes to your which is the opposite of how it often goes. That's right. Okay. I think we talked about that once. Anyway. So that, that's sort of a short sum up. And I think, I hope helpful. And next week, I hope we'll start. We'll probably have an introduction. There's going to be an introduction to the third part of Shema. We won't jump straight in. Um, because there's a lot to understand about the third paragraph and how it fits with the others and what its purpose is here. So hopefully next week we'll we'll work with that. But in the meantime, Shema ve'ahavta ve'haya, sort of using the words to help remind us of what the single key and halachic kavana is supposed to be. Thank you. It's very exciting. <laughs> Such a long paragraph, you know, at the beginning. Well, we've probably been on it for quite a while, but it seemed like, right... I just, I just looked back at the, um, the beginning of my <laughs> notebook. When is it? Was that we began Kriyat Shema on end of May of 13. Oh, with the whole Shema? Yeah. Oh, so that's not so, so long. Yeah. So <laughs> it's we, only we a year and a half. Yeah, we actually have another five months to get through the next paragraph. If and there'll be a full two years. years. That sounds about right. <laughs> Especially since I'll probably be away for a few weeks in February, I hope. Okay. I hope I'll be in Israel. I have this bonus ticket that I've pushed off now for a whole year from when I first booked it. Okay. Not from when I booked it, from when it was booked for. <laughs> no, I know. We've, I've already had to put money into moving it, so I hope I'll. So February, so you don't get to go. So that's next month. No, no, but that's okay. It's just me, so yeah. it'd be good if I would be home for a board. <laughs> but it would be nice to see Shalva's there. Anyway. So that, that loses a little time, and sometimes in the summer we lose time. So I don't know, five months may sound like a lot, but it may really well, be more like May is not two. summer yet, so. <coughs> That's true. And it doesn't have to be two years. It doesn't have to be, but that would be very, very nice. Uh, a very nice fit.